1: Blessed day, Commanders. Welcome home. We thought we'd roll out the red carpet. Thank you for allowing me to bring Fred home where he belongs. We'd never leave a brother out in the cold. You don't
3: own me, I'm not your property, so take
2: a me. This is your moment to shine in the sunlight of the spirit, girls. Oh, blessed be
0: this day. Welcome to Eyes on Gilead, our weekly podcast dedicated to the Handmaid's Tale. There is a lot going on in this show, and we think it helps to talk it out after every episode. I'm Fiona Williams, and when I'm not doing this, I'm head of curation at SBS On Demand, and I'm joined by my colleagues and fellow resistors Natalie Hambly, managing editor of SBS Voices. Hello. Haiti Island, channel manager of SBS On Demand. Hi. And Sana Kadar, host of ABC Radio Nationals All In The Mind. Hello. Hello. So we have just watched episode two of season five of The Handmaid's Tale, and this one is called Ballet. It's written by Nina Fior and John Herrera and directed by Elizabeth Moss. June and Luke attend a ballet. So uh, what do you think the chances are of having a second date? (laughs) Serena says her final goodbye to her husband, Fred.
1: Fred dedicated his life to this great nation. Thank you for honoring his legacy.
0: Meanwhile, Janine and Esther accompany Aunt Lydia to a gathering at the Putnam House.
1: Remember, mind your manners and all will
0: be well. And so much more besides. <laughs> so <laughs> <Again>. much more. <laughs> so, so much more. All right, let, let's start. What stood out? Let's go around the room. Haiti, what stood out for you in this episode? I'm going to
2: choose the beautiful moment where Janine gets to see her daughter.
3: That's okay. Angela,
2: AKA Charlotte. Oh, that was such a lovely moment and a sad moment. That was my highlight of the episode. Yeah,
0: when she runs right to her.
2: Absolutely. I Because I assume she doesn't know who she is because she wouldn't be told that, but she just somehow, you know, knows, has that sixth sense that it's her mom. Yeah, yeah, that was lovely.
0: Natalie, what
1: about you? What well, stood out? Mine is a Lydia moment, and it's the fact that she said the word honey. Honey, don't get ahead of yourself. or get ready now. Come yeah. on. Mm. Um, and I kind of like that we're seeing a bit of a different Lydia I think I think we're getting a few more shades to her and that was sort of one of those sort of signals so I very much enjoyed that moment
0: yeah we will get to the Lydia stuff um Sana how about you
3: mine is the first moment I've cried this whole season it's the same as your moment Haiti it's Angela but it's specifically when Janine says to Mrs Putnam you "You have a beautiful beautiful daughter, daughter Mrs Putnam When she said that, I just lost it. Because, like, it's all her yearning for her daughter. It's all her loss all wrapped up in that. Um, Yeah, that was was a hard one for me.
1: Mm. That moment for me, the part that actually got me was when Mrs Putnam showed Janine... Like um, a scintilla of kindness, yes. yeah. <laughs> a scintilla of grace. <laughs> yes, yes. Because uh, I didn't, yeah, I, I didn't expect it, and you don't really get kindness in Gilead, and um, and mm. it was so necessary, actually. And so the fact that it came, it that almost, you know, <laughs> uh, undid me. Yeah, yeah. Mm.
3: I. That was definitely the second set of
0: tears. <laughs> yeah, it was a nice moment. I also thought, is she? doing that because she knows janine is prone to flipping out at her house when she sees her daughter too so (laughs) i like it's a lovely gesture but it's also a little bit of (laughs) keeping a lid on (laughs) self-protection
2: i think miss putnam's just been brought down a notch in that room a moment before when she's kind of presented with her husband's new handmaid so i think there's a, a moment they
0: both share together i mean kind of sympathy for each other slightly yeah yeah true mm. and serena's walking around in full bloom of pregnancy as well so that you know it's all in it's yeah. all there yeah <laughs> mine i i love this episode I, I loved so much of it because you know, like, same, oh, such so a good, good episode. Yeah, all of our problematic faves are there <laughs> like, <everyone.
2: laughs> serena's in full diabolical
0: oh, mode no. oh, oh my god is she great. ever oh <laughs> so good this episode was so good yeah yeah no it is great and i love that it's called ballet and of course there's a ballet scene set one swan and everything but um the way the camera is dancing and there's swirling um across it it's like a little pirouettes and we'll get to certain moments as we go through our recap but humble brag at the start of this episode uh i interviewed elizabeth moss about this and about directing this particular episode so i'm going to throw in a few tidbits uh as we go through our Uh, recap here
3: sorry that's my excitement squeal
0: (laughs) yes sorry this one was a quick one-on-one Zoom, but I've written it up as an interview piece at SBS Guide, uh, and so you'll see all of the gold from our chat there, uh, and I'll be bringing it up at various points across this episode and about and across mm-hmm. this season. Like I'm not going to mention it every chance I get. Uh, we talk about the funeral of Fred and, you know, directing that. But anyway... Getting ahead of myself. Let's get into the guts of the episode because it starts with the same song as last time by the Everly Brothers. June's dreaming again. <laughs> oh, you know, her dream of murdering the baddies of Gilead, and this time, not Fred. This time, same song, different subject. Serena. Yeah, this one. What do you think? That she's burying the gun in the sh- uh, not in the shoebox. <laughs> I was thinking I would <laughs> use a shoebox, but she's you know burying <laughs> a pistol. Not a pistol. What are they? revolver a gun? gun whatever i'm not an expert thank god but yes
3: burying a gun
0: in the front yard
3: once again i wonder if she's gonna pull that gun on serena because directly after dreaming about serena she's burying the gun and i said what i said last episode so
2: not very deeply either yeah i'm pretty sure she just scraped away some snow and put it there so that thing is uh coming out as soon as it starts warming up <laughs> It was funny that she kind of woke from her nightmarish visions of Serena and was clearly burying her urge to go out and uh, use that gun on Serena.
1: (laughs) But um, what really struck me about that was the camera angle. So I'm so intrigued to hear what Lizzie has said about um, directing this episode because the camera angle after she had buried it, the camera was like below her looking up. And it's the kind of pose that you see with Captain America like that sort of, it looked very heroic. It looked, you know, I, I almost expected her to like puff out her chest and pick up a shield, you know, <laughs> like so. <laughs> and we can talk about the ending because it was sort of interesting to see what the camera angle was on June at the end. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it is intriguing that she's dreaming about Serena. Then there's a gun, and then there's a hero pose, and I'm like, huh, oh, okay, yes. where's this going? And it's the pose that Serena takes at the end when when June is sort of the low angle
3: shot. Mm. She's,
0: you know. The tables have turned and Serena's on top. Yeah,
3: but yeah, did did um did Lizzie say anything about that,
0: Fiona? Uh, not specifically the the gun pose, but um yeah, just just the great stuff about um all the Serena and June dynamic through the years, and particularly on you know she sees them as the great love story in all this and their breakup. The big significant breakup was obviously at the Lincoln Memorial back in oh I want to say season three. Yeah, that was so good. Yes, yes, and, um, yeah, just talking about, because they call each other, uh, Lizzie and Yvonne Strahovski, they call each other
1: Juliet and Juliet, like that's their, That's how they refer to each other's characters. I remember <laughs> that scene um, at, and where they were really letting loose on each other, just saying the most hurtful things. Mm. Loving truth bombs, yeah, absolutely, mm. left, right and centre. Yeah, and just
0: saying that they've been bonded by this conflict and trauma and desires and love and they're on opposite sides of that and you can see here like you know the black and the white and they're just these oppositional Mm. characters but she refers back to the Lincoln Memorial and that that's what they call their breakup scene because June believed that Serena would do the right thing and June believes in Serena and then Serena absolutely broke her heart and they haven't recovered from that and then You know, I brought up the fact that back in season two with the women's work episode where they, you know, can work together very effectively if they Mm -hmm. they really Mm -hmm. want to um, be allies. And, yeah, she said that even though Serena failed her back then, June still has a little bit of hope. This may have been a hint to some of the rest of the season because we certainly don't see any hope in these two episodes, but she did say that June does have hope and she wants to believe that Serena will do the right thing.
1: Well, that's well, that's huh. what I'm wondering about the hero pose because it makes me think that the gun will be used to save Serena rather than to kill Serena. Ooh. So, ooh, that's <laughs> intriguing. Ooh, I like it. Yes. That
3: is very interesting. I like that. Let's put a pin in <laughs> that one. <laughs>
0: so the the actual chat won't be available as a podcast unfortunately but uh yes you can find the full interview at sbs guide so sbs and if you google sbs elizabeth moss fiona williams you'll i'm sure it'll come up and it will be pinned to the top of my my twitter feed don't worry about that
1: (laughs) and so just quickly what was she like
0: oh utterly charming yes no really 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 good and chatty so well, it was at one a.m. for me, so I, I don't know how <laughs> if I wasn't <laughs> top of your game. <laughs> Absolutely, a couple of coffees and two alarms, but I was uh, I was good. Uh, yes, it was eight a.m. for her. It was the start of the press day for the season five um, press junket. So yeah, they kindly put me first because of the time zones. But yeah, no, very chatty and uh, yeah, really good stuff. So we also went to town on directing the funeral, and I asked about the testaments. Are they going to be woven into this season? Lots of really good stuff, so that was great. And, of course, we always have an open invitation to come on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> Cross fingers. <laughs> Absolutely. But anyway, that's enough of my bragging for now. Um, <laughs> where did we leave it? We left it with that pose. And Yes, like the pose is not the classic June Zoom moment. Like, mm. you know, that was a little, little left of centre. But where do we go
1: so I've got Serena on a plane. Is um, Yes. yes <laughs> sounds yes, like yes, snakes yes. on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> kind of accurate. <laughs> kind of. Uh,
0: <laughs> and, yeah, so she's just landed in, in Gilead and the way this scene was set up reminded me of Succession, like the way, you know, um, they get off their jets and meet each other. It's just a little window on a world that we don't, we're never circulating in these kind of circles. So it was, yeah, a classic Succession for me. I loved it. All the little asides from from joseph lawrence oh look at us all getting along like friendly diplomats trying to bury the hatchet we'll see doing the dance (laughs) of diplomacy um and I don't know about you guys, I love little muffled guardian sounds when, when you know the breaker breaker kind of in the background mm-hmm. of these scenes. I always enjoy that when we know we're in Gilead. <laughs> yeah,
3: it feels oh my god, it feels weirdly like home. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that sound, like there's a it's a it shouldn't be a comforting sound, but it's like the sound of familiarity, right?
0: <laughs> it is.
1: <laughs> I think for me, like the great part about that scene when it's um, Serena and Joseph and Nick and they're all sort of talking and everything is all about what's unsaid or what they really mean and we can do that because we're in season five and we know these characters so well and we know all their backstory. so it just makes that so delicious to watch. And Serena, when she was standing at, like, the plane door, like, you know, before she left, the look on her face was so fantastic. <laughs> I was trying yeah. to think, you know, what is that what is that look saying? It was kind of like, to me, kind of like, screw you all, you know? And I just, um, <laughs> yeah. and it's funny because, like, she's pregnant, which I think we normally sort of see as, like, vulnerable, whether we should or not. Um, but she's never been more powerful, you know, which is so fascinating. Mm-hmm.
3: And on sounds, we get a sound of Fred. Fred's there too, but the sound is just the, you know the the gurney or whatever it is, the platform lowering his remains, and that's that's our introduction to uh, to Fred back in Gilead. Absolutely, <laughs> this very industrial kind of
1: sound. And it's funny because including that sound is not respectful, you know. Like it just makes it feel just so ordinary. Like he's a courier package. Mm.
0: And I mean, that's at that point this, the funeral is going to be a very quick. let's get um, through with this very unceremonial Mm. farewell until Serena gets her clutches on the plans. But, uh, yeah, it it kind of is in keeping with what the intended uh, farewell to Fred is going to be at that point.
2: And uh, I I kind of interpreted her expression at the top of the stairs a little differently Mm. as kind of her stealing herself and putting her game face on because she knows she has a mission Of what she needs to achieve here in Gilead and she doesn't necessarily want to be in Gilead and she knows it's going to be a bit of an uphill battle and I I kind of feel like she doesn't necessarily feel that powerful but she feels determined to get what she wants out of this trip.
1: Isn't that why she's so great to watch? Because seeing her having that argument with Joseph in that really terrible church which they first go to because I was thinking that she really has no power here how does she go from having no power to getting her own way? And it's why she's so fantastic to watch, you know? Like she starts with nothing and look what she ends with, like honestly. And it's why she was the intellectual sort of underpinning of Gilead, right? Like this woman is a
3: powerhouse. Mm. She's a strategist. She is a clever PR person. She's actually brilliant.
2: Yeah.
0: (laughs) And we get to see that in this episode. She will always find a way to have leverage. And she has it over Mm -hmm. Joseph and and Nick. Like, she knows damn well that they orchestrated June getting into Gilead. And she outright (laughs) says so. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. Joseph's response is
2: bold accusation.
0: Um, (laughs) Yes. Yeah, the kind of whole
2: coded language of that conversation they have in the church was so much fun to watch, just knowing all the backstory and the dynamics between them. And I think my very close second pick for best moment in this episode was the reference to hockey. Yes. <laughs> when Lawrence Yes,
3: yes, that's right. When Lawrence, Me too.
2: <laughs> when Lawrence tells Serena that, you know, she really she really should watch hockey. She'd probably love it because it's, you know, elegant but brutal. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Oh, see, my Lol moment was like when when he was like, oh, I hear the Leafs might actually, this year might be their year. And I was like, ha ha ha, it's never their year. Even in the near future of Gilead, they still haven't won.
0: <laughs> that's a Toronto joke for sure, though. <laughs> Again, like that's in in making that dig, then that makes her come all the more. It's kind of the way that. She and June are constantly baiting each other as well. It's kind of like you can get you dig into Serena, but boy, she's gonna come back twice as hard <laughs> on you. And mm. how? <laughs> but Nick in that scene is very telling. You can tell, like I think Joseph refers to him as a as a puppy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you can tell, because he he has tells all over the place. Like he he can't look at Serena when she's accusing them. Um, yeah. Whereas Joseph's far more accustomed to to playing the game mm. so yeah nick's got some some learning to do on the cues <laughs> if he's, he's going to be a spy <laughs> jesus christ um but yes from there oh lydia even through the tragedy of commander waterford's death our good lord has found a way to grace us with opportunity with her sing-song delivery about What a blessed day it is and getting the girls ready to go over to the Putnams.
3: Speaking of like weirdly comforting sounds like our intro to Lydia every season feels like she's so terrible right but hearing her and seeing her again every season I'm like oh Lydia (laughs) (laughs) she should terrify me but I love it yes like I want her to give me a hug and this is wrong like (laughs) what is (laughs) going on (laughs) Oh, do we have Stockholm syndrome between like the guards buzz buzz sounds and (laughs) not Lydia (laughs) I think it's because we met and
2: out in real life and she's so absolutely lovely that that now I kind of bring that to my experience of watching Lydia on screen. I'm like, oh, she can't be all that bad.
0: We <laughs> yeah. are in the yeah. dining room. Um, <laughs> yes, no, but also it's just part of the part of the charm of Lydia. She's got to win these girls over. And look, then you know we have no right to judge Janine because <laughs> we just confess we're all we're quite up in it too. But you can absolutely see here the seeds of coming ends up happening later in the episode, but yeah, the way that Janine is really echoing Lydia throughout in, you know, prepping Esther to suck it up and get through. Yeah. That's she really is remade in, in Lydia's image. Then um, aunt Lydia says that Janine
2: is allowed to accompany Esther, which I thought was a really lovely little gesture from Lydia because she's obviously letting her go to be in the house where her daughter
0: is. That's how I read that. Yes, that's true. She always does have the soft spot for for Janine, doesn't she? Yeah. Yeah. But I did notice Esther is very much in earshot when that conversation happens. Mm. So, yeah, picks up on that later. And then we're at the house. Then we're at the Putnam residence where it all goes down. Um, And I love this moment where Toello barely gets in the door (laughs) before (laughs) Warren Putnam uh, comes up and, very firmly uh, says, yeah, this is as far as you get, mate. Relax, Mark. Serena is among friends. It's a, it's a pretty funny line.
1: Oh, wasn't that so great? Because just as that line was delivered, Joseph and Nick walked by and it was just perfectly timed. But about Tuello arriving in the Putnam house, and it's yeah. funny because we've seen the Putnam house a few times and I think that we see it differently which is always a challenge. I think when they have to revisit a place that we've already seen before, they need to make it look a little bit different. Mm. And we see a few shots that I think we can talk about that are actually quite different. And it's interesting seeing it through Twyla's eyes because he's only read about it and he's read about it and heard about it extensively. And it must be like a story coming to life. So I think for him to actually be there must be so surreal. Yeah, absolutely. I also, he just
3: strikes me as so vulnerable there. He is the only american in a room full of gilead deep in gilead he just feels very vulnerable to me in that space and he has he has a very um funny interaction with lydia too when she arrives when he's like he doesn't know her name and she's like why the hell don't you know my name (laughs) that was great
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah how could you not know who i am um and nick's expression who the hell are you yeah (laughs) and when nick kind of goes what um is it because is it a what the hell are you doing, mate? Or because that's not what you say. Like he says, praise be to the fact that Lydia. Yeah, I
1: think it's weird because Twello was using Gilead language, which yes. I thought was interesting. Like I don't know why he needs to mm. do that or why you would do that, but he's feeling the need to fit in somehow or he's being respectful, which yeah. I think is what I found, I don't know, odd slash interesting, is that he did seem very respectful here. Mm. Like he didn't cause any trouble. Well, he's got no backup. <laughs> that's
3: true. <laughs> how, how much trouble can he cause?
2: Yeah, yeah. And it's not in his. His advantage to kind of rock the boat at this point, I guess, because he is away from his safe place. He's in Gilead and, you know, he doesn't really have that fall back while he's there.
1: Yeah. Which I mean, we could have just like tipped a glass off the table, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of chaos. Spill the peas on the floor.
0: Drop a carrot. Um, because remember his introduction in this episode is with Serena in the plane and, like, just saying, you know, you'll have cover everywhere. Yeah. And, and she calls him on that, like, you know, like you protected Fred. Um, yeah. she's a bit rich when it's her idea to go back to Gilead in the first place. But anyway. Um,
2: <laughs> and also Tuello has an ulterior motive for being in Gilead as well because he wants to catch a moment on the side with Nick to, you know, propose his little deal. So,
0: yeah, he wants to play it safe over here so he can be a bit bold over there. yeah While we're talking about Tuello... Speaking of interviews, uh, we also have an interview with Sam Yeager, Mark Tuello available in your feed right now. We talk about this scene and many, many more. So, yeah, big deep dive with Sam Yeager, which is fantastic. So that's ready. and waiting for you now as well. Big week in podcast drops.
3: I just want to say one more point on Tuello's vulnerability this episode that, like, stood out to me. Back when they were all in the church and Serena was telling Lawrence and Nick that, you know, June did the whole thing and they're like, bold accusation. Nick says, you know, we can't control what the Americans do at the border and the camera shifts to Tuello, shifting yeah. very uncomfortably, very alone over there. So if Gilead and the commanders are going to try to pin it on America and he's the one American mm. there, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, I just, yeah. I'm, I'm worried about Tuello. <laughs> I don't know what's going to
0: happen. <laughs> That's a good point.
2: I just wanted to go back to Serena's entry into the the Putnams for The Wake. And uh, just going back to your comment before about the dancing camera in this, mm. and did anyone mm. else notice that that was just this beautiful like two or three minute long take yeah. where the camera, yeah. it was just one take and the camera like kind of rotated around all the characters and weaved in and out and it was mm-hmm. just beautifully choreographed and I thought that was very fitting with the, the episode title. Mm.
0: Yeah, it's all yeah. across.
3: I always notice I always notice those long shots and dancing shots because I always go to the lighting. Like, how do they light this mm. thing? How do they do it? It always makes me think about the logistics of the shot. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought it was beautiful too.
0: Yeah, and I, I love you know the big wake is very reminiscent of the the baby shower, and you know even in the first episode, mm. like the first moments, it's it's the flashback to that mm-hmm. that scene, the faux um, birth ceremony that. Serena never got to have. Yes, the, this, the way this does callbacks to, to previous episodes is so good. Like you say, we're, we you know we're so far into this show we know it <laughs> so well. With all the all our um, all the big moments are being repeated in various ways.
1: Did the food seem very festive to you? Yeah, yeah. I did notice the food. Yeah, kind of like Lots surprisingly of upbeat. And- yeah, the macarons.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I noticed that they had chosen brown bread for their sandwiches and not white bread, and I'm like, oh, oh that's a very kind of wholesome, old worldly choice for Iliad to make that was my
1: observation and the cut and the uh, cut meat was bloody oh,
3: yes. <laughs> but you're right about the festive food because that like macaroon bush thing mm. whatever like that that's that seems a bit out of place for a wake no like it was in pastel colors yeah. and things I don't, I don't know yeah that's what I
0: thought <laughs> it's probably wake slash baby shower too because like they Probably think she's going after this. So, yeah, it's like oh, they yeah. haven't seen her in a long time. So, they're cramming all of the their into one.
3: <laughs> and is Putnam celebrating? Is he head honcho now that Fred's gone, <laughs> right?
0: Ugh. Yeah, Putnam.
3: God, he's Putnam. creepy. Oh my God.
0: The rumbles. Can we talk about that to <laughs> him
3: with? Oh, so bad. Oh, yeah. That was so hard to watch,
1: wasn't
0: it?
3: Yeah, it was really hard to watch. I like, yeah, I was wincing the whole time and wanted it to end. I was just really wishing for that scene to stop, but they drag it on uncomfortably,
0: right? Yeah, they
2: want you to feel. Yeah, and then like cut it really abruptly. Yeah,
0: yeah, alluding to her young age too, like with the "Here comes the aeroplane kind of a moment with it. Oh. um, Oh. yeah. So by this point, then we've had the scene with Naomi. Meeting Esther for the first time and drawing attention to how young she is, which mm-hmm. the line is, "She's so young," and I heard she used to be a wife,
1: and I heard she used to be a wife.
0: It's <laughs> sort of like you know, think about what you're saying here. Like, yeah, she's crazy young, and she has already been a wife. So, <laughs> but it's like she—it's distasteful that she's been a wife, but not because she's so young. Anyway, such a such is the
3: the mores of Gilead. But back to um the room with Commander Putnam. You see how Lydia is like, oh, I see what's happening here, yes. you mm-hmm. little
1: shits. You're all terrible in the end. So interesting about Lydia is that I think we saw how much power she had, you know, and then we saw it get taken away because, yeah. like, when she arrives and she's, and she's shocked that Twilight doesn't know her name, because she is a name, everyone knows who yeah. she is, you know. She's not just an aunt. She is the aunt, you know, and she can actually – stride into a room full of men, which is not really something that anyone else can do. And we see how nervous Serena is when she does it later. But Lydia feels entitled. She can just walk into a room full of men. So like, there's this level of power that she has that we know from the Testaments that she has. And so I'm really enjoying that we're actually getting to see it. But then we see where those limits are. And, mm. and when he wants her out of the room to do whatever he wants, she actually just has to leave.
0: And it's interesting, like, like you're saying that with the flip of Serena and Lydia, like they're the walking into rooms of men and everyone knows who she is here, <laughs> unlike in Canada where Serena's cooped up in a fancy prison but a prison nonetheless. Yeah, like the way that they're, they're opposite each other in, in this episode is really interesting because, you know, Serena gets results when she walks into the, the room of men this time. Mm -hmm. with the remaining fingers intact as well. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, but that scene with Lydia being politely uh, discouraged from staying in the room, again, just reinforces to Esther that no one's helping her out here. (laughs) Like they're all just kind of pushing her towards creepy men again. But from there we're back in Canada and that's the scene where June is playing Scrabble, is triggered by the Scrabble and then gets up to, to Rita and starts prodding her to try and get her upset. And it works by bringing up Serena and the baby shower that's referenced again where Serena slapped her in the face. And it's interesting, this scene and then the next one with June both end with June apologising. She's apologises to read it in this one mm-hmm. and then the next one with Luke ends with her apologising in ah. that one. So it's like having buried the gun, now she's trying to, like she's seeing what it's doing to her in Canada there. Mm-hmm.
3: I didn't. I didn't notice that. Good catch. I did think the scene with Luke was really lovely. His pep talk with her was really lovely. Where he's like, "You have to be here. You won. Fuck her." Like again, his sort of grace and humor, trying to keep keep everyone together. I really thought that was beautiful.
0: Yeah, yeah. And the way he gets up as well. Like they're sitting kind of opposite each other in that kind of opposing kind of stance. But then he gets up and goes to the side and comforts her. And that kind of seems to. She looks him in the eye. Um, breaks that kind of glare. Mm.
2: And his pep talk works like that's the point where, you know, for a short period of the episode, she does kind of return to him mentally and physically. And she's there in the moment. And did anyone else notice there was a really interesting use of like stark blue light in this scene? And then it was referenced again later after the ballet. I think it's like the blue light coming from the Uh, plants Mm. that she's tending in that Ah. room really stood out to me because it's a lot it's a color they don't use in that house which is so so imbued with all of the gilead colors that it's Mm. oppressive and this bright blue light cuts through in that scene and then that same blue color is used on the coffee cups after the ballet and and that kind of reference back made that color really stand out for me and these kind of moments of kind of connection and coming back to earth for June and Luke in that episode.
3: Yeah. And you're right, the pep talk does work and they she does come back to the here and now because they, then they go on that ballet date, which I thought yeah. was weirdly formal for them. I imagine them more as like a <laughs> movie and dinner kind of couple. You know, the ballet <laughs>
0: seemed a bit weird to me. Hey, well,
2: they went and got takeaway coffees after, so, you know, <laughs> not, not a
0: three-course meal or anything. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> but in that scene um, with Luke, uh, originally where the light, is, uh, you know, he's saying when she confesses, you know, I, I, I did something. Um, and <laughs> yeah, tells, yeah, that was so funny. Was, um, yeah. yeah. I kind of cut off his finger. And like, I kind of said it to her. Um, and his reaction is it like. It sounds silly now that I say it out loud.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Whoopsie>. <laughs> and he's,
0: his response is Do you want her to come after us and our family? Mm. And, you know, mm. it's all this whole sick little semaphore that she and June have with each other like of course she does and that's exactly what Serena's doing by staging Mm -hmm. this ridiculously lavish ceremony for the worldwide audience but really only for one person yeah Yeah, just to you know Luke picks up on that do you want her to come (laughs) yeah it's all these cues that both are sending out using everyone else to get there it's great and speaking of Serena then she goes into the room to try and get this ridiculous funeral happening and that's where of course having Told uh, Joseph and Nick that she's on to them. They realise, well, actually, probably best to to be on side in this respect. And Gilead can get something
1: out of it as well. Is that why? Yeah, I was gonna say. Please explain it to me because I didn't really understand mm. why Nick and Joseph all of a sudden were on her side, and they seem to want this funeral to happen. And I'm like, what are they seeing? That I'm what is the opportunity that they're seeing that I'm not seeing? That all of a sudden they are encouraging. Gilead to be on the global stage and and have the outside viewers and I thought is there an opportunity that they're actually seeing that I just don't get otherwise I couldn't figure out why they would side with her
3: I I did think that they it was partly because they knew Serena knew what their role so they were trying to help her and keep her Mm -hmm. on side I also do wonder whether Mm -hmm. they they saw the value in the PR strategy of going big they you know they they actually bought into what Serena was saying I think it was a bit of both
2: yeah, I read it that they were trying to keep Serena on side because mm-hmm. she, whether or not she had evidence that she could share with Gilead, she knew that they were up to no good and they didn't want that to to get out to the wider
0: council. Yeah, well, I mean, especially like she says to them, like the, the eyes did not do that to Fred and Fred's body's in mm-hmm. Gilead now. They can they can open up the box if they wanted to. Yeah, it's in their best interests to be playing the game here and deal with the consequences
1: later i guess isn't it um also interesting how all the men are framed in these shots that they (gasps) look like a vanity fair portrait of Mm. like yeah i did notice that (laughs) Mm. actually you're right now that you say that (laughs) and one of them had like jared kushner hair as well (laughs) that's (laughs) (laughs) deliberate Yeah,
2: I noticed that too. It was the scene where Esther's being like escorted into the room yeah. with the men and there's this moment yeah. where they're all posed on the couches in front of the bookshelf. That's right. And it's, like, it's like a historic tableau
0: or, you know, a vanity yeah. cover. The Hollywood issue. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: the Amazing. issue. Amazing. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, yeah, no, I think it, it's just really great. Who knows what in that room and who knows who knows that they know that the others know. And, yeah, it, it's a really <laughs> excellent dynamic. But then we're back in the, what's it called, the... The handmade mobile. What do we call that one?
1: <laughs> <laughs> the red wagon? The red wagon, call- sure.
0: Let's do that, yeah. But that's where Janine is holding um, Esther's hand. And again, aping Lydia. She's the little Lydia in this episode. But, um, when she says getting pregnant is your only protection, and 100% right, like look at Serena. She She's pregnant and that's how mm-hmm. she gets everything.
1: That was like the most disturbing line, I think, of the whole episode was like the only way to save yourself is to get pregnant, but the, um, the line of... Make your commander like you, um, mm. so you can get pregnant faster. And the in, and the real meaning behind that—it was just horrifying. Yeah. Poor Esther, mm. who we already know, aside from being a wife, but we found out last season, has already had multiple sexual assaults. By the sound of it, you yeah. know, from her young yeah. age. This yeah. poor girl. Yeah. And every time we talk about
3: pregnancy being protection, and that's why Serena's good for now. Like, I just keep thinking about the precariousness of it because it, she only gets nine months of protection. What the hell happens to her after that? They don't care about mothers. They care about the babies, and, you know, they'll install any old mother to look after the baby, right? Mm. So I, I just, yeah, it's protection, but for such a finite amount of time. Yeah.
1: It scares me. There must be a uh, commander who was in want of a beautiful wife and a baby. Mm. <laughs> I'm sure there is.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then Tuello is bringing her a cup of tea and a cigarette and giving, boosting her spirits. Oh, well, the worst they can do is say no. And (laughs) I just realized she was smoking while pregnant. Oh, interesting.
3: Mm. Well, she didn't
1: actually smoke it. It. She
3: just, yeah, she just took it. And I just, why is he giving it to her? And
1: why is he giving it? Like, he's he's being so nice to her.
3: Yeah, I did one of that too. Like, well, why is he
0: serving her like her little. (laughs) Handmaid. <laughs> well, I think no, no
2: one's watching. No one's watching in that scene. He's not in front of any other commander. So why be so nice?
0: Well, I think he knows she's his protection in Gilead, <laughs> like in the way he said that he was hers at the start. But yeah, I think we've, we've seen it all play out that, yeah, she's, she's the one that's got all the power in this moment. So I think, yeah, he, I think he's attracted to that in that moment. And then, of course, Joseph comes in and says, I got them to say yes. How? But not being a woman. woman. Good line. Yeah, it was a good (laughs) line. So, yeah, and then Tuala gets his marching orders by a glare from Joseph to go out. And then, of course, then the preparations begin. Start to plan this big old funeral.
2: I had a moment there where, you know, where they sit down to start organising the guest list. And the first thing she says is, of course, we have to invite some commanders from out of town. And I'm like, why? And then... (laughs) that's when it all starts to fall into mm-hmm. place and you start mm. realising what her master plan for being in Gilead is and it's not really got anything to do with Fred. It's got everything to do with Dune. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, that when that revelation hits, I was like, oh, my God, this was what she was trying to do the whole time. Like, <laughs> oh, she's so evil and clever. And, yeah.
0: Ah. yep yeah, there's one particular commander from out of town who has a little girl. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but she doesn't quite say Mackenzie at that point. But, yeah, evidently that's who's. Priority on the guest list. Ugh. Speaking of cigarettes, then Nick has a little ciggy while he's waiting for <laughs> Tuello in the car. Probably back in No Man's Land. Maybe looks like a scene of the crime. This this was a curious scene because Tuello's basically trying to woo Nick to be a double agent in Gilead. He kind of already is. I don't like sort of is he already doing all this? He's doing it for June, but maybe like you know, encouraging him to do it for for the greater good, the, the bigger cause. But um, yeah, I was like. I think he's proven he's a double agent. But
3: isn't he the Canadian's, like, sort of source inside? Like, hasn't he already been feeding information to Canada or the ICC or someone?
0: To
1: June, really, just by pulling that file together, I guess. guess. But, um, yeah. He had that moment last season, I think, where he actually went into, like, the offices and we were wondering what he was actually telling them and what the plan was. Mm. That's right. I just thought it was maybe um, giving us a hint that we might get a Nick backstory because... Twelo, um made a note of, of like, despite his history, um, he really wants to help him out. Yes. And I thought, oh, okay, the history's being brought up. Maybe we'll actually see some of that. Yeah, well,
0: to date the furthest back we've gone was when he signed up in the first place, mm-hmm. wasn't mm-hmm. it, with that commander that got killed in the in the bomb blast. And he's using Nicole as leverage. So, you know, you might get to see your daughter and, yeah, because Nick does af- ask after her welfare. And then June's putting the boots on to go to the ballet, Serena's putting the boots
1: on to go to the funeral, uh, <laughs> black and white. I think you mean June's going to a performance and Serena is going to a performance. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Finding her light
0: like the dancer, yeah, heading straight for that spotlight. It was uh, pretty magnificent. Both of them have nice um, triple mirrors in their dressing rooms, which was <laughs> <laughs> nice feature. Does everyone have that? I don't. But in the meantime, we go cut to Esther and Janine for that big scene with the uh, poisoned rumbles speaking of the circling camera uh, like I do love the way that scene turns
2: poor Janine I mean poor Esther but also poor Janine (laughs) yeah they just keep throwing stuff at her and she keeps bouncing back but at some point
1: is she not going to bounce back I just oh I'm really pleased actually that we're seeing this side of Esther because when we met her in episodes one and two last season like she was like Quite off the rails, you know. And June, I think, sort of encouraged it in a way, and managed to sort of control it. Mm. But she was quite like her her behavior was quite I don't know I'm trying to find like you know erratic, wild I don't know, manipulative. Um, because she's very June like. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And so um, I kind of like that we're seeing that that level of Esther is still there. You know, Mm. she is the she is the wife that was poisoning her husband. That's um, true. And now mm-hmm. she's using those skills again. Yeah. Like, Moral of the story, do not accept foodstuffs from yes. Esther. <laughs> but you don't want her in your house.
3: It did make me wonder what the hell June was growing in her little garden. I was like, did she take some tips from Esther and start growing poisonous weeds or something? But I don't think this is the last we're going to see of Esther or Janine. I think they'll be okay, only because well, I don't think we'll say bye to Janine like this. I just don't think that'll be the case. But from the um, trailer we do, there's a shot of Esther sort of screaming in a hospital bed. Mm. So she's alive at some point, mm, mm. <laughs> you know, she comes back. But yeah, that was, that was shocking though. That like, that scene mm. turned on a dime. Yeah. I was kind of like, I was kind of like, hang on, did I miss something? What the hell just happened? What What's going
0: on? Yeah. And all fair points, to be honest, like to Esther is making that about Janine. Cause like Truly. It, yeah. Janine, you know, is so used to Gilead world and, and um, you know, the leverage that you can get through someone else that, yes, she does care about Esther's welfare, but, yes, yeah, she really wants to see her daughter too. So, I mean, Esther's point's well made, I thought. Maybe could have. <laughs> oh, you know, I'm not saying poison Janine. But but
3: Janine was being so genuine in that moment talking about her, you know, how it'll be the truest love you ever have when you have a baby. Like she was just really giving freely of her advice and her experience and, sweetly and of course it had to come back and bite her in the ass (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. is this now potentially embarrassing for Lydia because she has introduced the new handmaid to quite a senior commander and so depending on the outcome of Esther I think it's going to be quite awkward if we say oh actually she's fallen ill we'll have to find you someone else you know like you know this is actually her job so unfortunately there could be a punishment in store for Esther if she Mm -hmm. is not able to get back to her duties ASAP
0: yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. It doesn't look good, good for Lydia. The, the handmaids do. She lost a whole lot of them. They are on their way to the Magdalena colony and um, they when they tried to bolt and then there was the big massacre yeah. on the train tracks last year. Yeah. And with Janine's fate, with this episode, it was written by Nina Fjord and John Herrera who also wrote the Chicago episode last year when mm. Janine, we thought we'd lost her in the bomb blast. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they do write a good Janine in Jeopardy kind of um, kind of episode. <laughs>
3: That girl has nine lives.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, she sure does.
3: What are we up to? <laughs> um, the, between the eye and the train, the bomb, the bridge in season oh, one. Geez. Oh, that's
0: my the god, oh, we're getting up there. Um, she jumped in the milk, milk train, but <laughs> didn't oh, that's, drown yeah, drowning in the milk. That's, that's a freaking miracle. <laughs> Absolutely. But it's interesting. The end of this scene. Then the next shot is of Fred's coffin. So it's like from potentially they're dead to. He is someone mm. who really is. And Serena working up the tears. Were they crocodile tears? Mm-hmm.
1: She's she a little bit. She
2: manages to get two out for Fred. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. Two tears. <laughs> I thought, oh, that's a good effort.
0: <laughs> She's a beautiful widow, though. Yeah. That's a very nice sheer fabric. But, mm-hmm. Yeah, but, I mean, they put on a bit of ceremony, velvet cape and all. Oh,
1: yes. I'm so glad you mentioned the cape because I thought it was funny that like um, in terms of that superhero thing again, That you always see Serena with like a cape as sort of like billowing in the wind, you
0: know. Yeah, yeah. There's a good one as well. She draped off the button at the buttons too. Yeah, she wears a cape. Well. And now this is the, you know, juxtaposed ballet, the Swan Lake. Is Mm -hmm. there any significance in the Swan Lake music?
3: I also wonder whether this was referencing Black Swan, because Mm. you've got Serena in the the black you've got um June in the mm-hmm. white but also it's like this they're they're playing this psychological game with each other now aren't they and that's what happens in the film and it's kind of they mutually destroy each other as well so I'm wondering if that's like telling us something a little bit about what happens between Serena and June and their quest to get at each other so yeah I wondered if that was all mixed up in there as well yeah
0: yeah for sure so then we see this incredibly ridiculously over the top ceremony (laughs) farewell for Fred that Serena has staged and on this in speaking to Elizabeth Moss about directing this she was saying you know they are not very subtle at all about the pomp and the circumstance and for her to direct this in the, you know, she started directing full stop with with last season but she was saying it was obviously the biggest thing that she'd ever taken on at the time and she drops a hint. She's also directing the finale of this mm-hmm. season. It was the most that the show had ever done, this massive ceremony walking the streets. And I don't know if you guys saw but when they were filming it, there were sort of drips on Twitter of, just people in Canada
1: <laughs> seeing, the, oh. seeing them shooting
0: a funeral for Fred. So we were getting little hints that this was going to be happening.
1: It looks like they've done this many times before, you know, considering it was hastily organised. Can't tell. <laughs> you know, hats off to Serena. Mm. Well done. Yeah.
3: <laughs> How many big-name commanders are dying? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Why are they so well practised?
0: Yeah. Then... A shot of Hannah like when they had the close-up of the little girls coming in at the end were you going mm. nope 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 oh shit there she is <laughs> yeah. where is she where is she <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah oh boy <laughs> then you know it's interesting June and Luke aren't saying that and it, it almost is for a second that they're going to miss this because they're off watching their ballet but um
3: no they're kissing at this point in Dundas Square Dundas Square is where in Toronto they are when they look up and see the screen oh, yes, yeah, yeah but um, covered
0: in so yeah, the first reveal of Hannah, like they're still in the ballet when that's happening.
3: Okay, um, right, right, right. Yes, yeah, you're right. Yeah, and then when the yeah close ups of Hannah come around, all the screens there, kissing and embracing and happy for a moment, and then dragged back to the
0: well horrible reality. Luke's saying, "Can we? What do you think about having another baby?" <laughs> sort of like pace yourself, Luke. But also, um, yeah, <laughs> cause it the second baby, he's of course, but yeah, be her third one, dude. But it's the first passion we've seen between them because. We all know what happened last year. They mm-hmm. haven't. They haven't yes. been close. Um, but they feel like they're really connecting here. They're holding hands. They're glancing at the ballet and pashing in the middle of where is it, Sana? Dundas Square. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> where my university was. There you go. Yeah, and the camera's swirling there too. So, but of course. We can't let June have any happiness without Serena come calling. So, of course, she just looks over Luke's shoulder and there
1: there Serena is with her big shit-eating grin. Yeah, speaking of that, because I remember remember you said in our WhatsApp chat after the trailer dropped and you were like, Serena looks happy, you know. (laughs) And and I'm like, now we know why. Now we know what that smile was for because at the time we thought it might have been because Fred was dead, you know. But no, 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 look at what she's actually happy about yeah um, yeah her
0: message is uh, far more effective than a severed finger in the post like yeah she she mm. brings production values to her um message out to june so yeah <laughs> basically saying your move
3: and it made me think of Tuello's line in episode one to june where he says um scared is dangerous when he's mm. talking about you know you you may have gone too far or yeah it made me think of what this means for serena because she is super dangerous now mm. right like she's very clearly saying she's got Hannah and she can still use that. So yeah, just it made me think of that 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 line um from the previous episode.
1: Mm, mm. Like I was like screaming at the TV. <laughs> you know, I was like, oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> I wanted yeah. to call you all immediately. I'm like, no, no, no. Sold <laughs> it. it in. <laughs>
0: <that>. <laughs> yeah, I had a cry. You know, it was so sad just to see Hannah there and not be aware of all the machinations that, you know, she it's the Pretty lady has chosen her at the funeral. It's not yet. Yeah, she doesn't know her mum and mm. her real mum and dad are watching. Yeah, just that the expression I think was really good on Hannah's. Like she's just unaware of being used in the same way that Esther's just called out Janine for using her. Yeah, it's just a really sad ending. And the music built that brought on the tears again.
3: And then such an ominous ending with Serena looming over June. Oh, my goodness. But June, June's face is very steely. She's like, you're not going to get this on me. I'm coming back at you, if I'm remembering
1: it correctly. Oh, yeah.
2: It was a real, like, bring it on mm. face. Face off, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes.
1: With Luke, too. Luke, Luke gave
0: a bit of a Luke zoom
1: as mm. well. Well, um, yeah, because I think now if we are thinking about if June and Luke go into Gilead, I think we now see why Luke would be motivated to mm. do that because yeah. now he's seen Hannah, you know. Now yeah. I think that makes it real mm. for him now. That's what I was kind of wondering about what um what the goal of Nick and Joseph was in wanting to go ahead with this. I thought did they want June to be able mm. to see her daughter? But I don't think they would have known Serena's plans. But that was kind of what I had been wondering about it. But now that Luke has seen Hannah, he's not going to, be able to let that go, right? Yeah. Not not only has he seen Hannah, but
3: he's seen what Serena this message that Serena is mm. sending. You know, I think it's a bit of both of that. Well, yeah,
0: having called June out for, like, do you want her to come for our family? Now he wants to go yeah. for his family. <laughs> yes. You know, like, <laughs> that's his family yeah. up there on screen.
2: Yeah. He's actually seeing her come for the family. Mm. Like, she's literally yeah. there kissing the forehead mm. of his daughter. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Menacingly. All right. Well, there is so much in this one. It's yet, yeah, I, I can see what's a double lip drop. This one just like brings us, it's all in this one. I think this sets up the full season mm. ahead. It's
1: loved Mm, it yeah it was so good and there's something about seeing a villain doing very bad things which is just so great to watch
0: yeah all right well I mean that leaves us I don't know where we are where is our heads up we're angry (laughs) everyone's in this so what do we think the next episode will be episode three where are we going I'm thinking like we with the way Janine ends Janine and Esther I feel like that won't get resolved immediately. I feel like that's sort of hanging what's their fate. So I feel like that won't be the next ep, but yeah, I don't know. Me too. Yeah,
3: I can't really guess at what the next episode will be, but like slightly longer term, I do feel like we're going to see Esther and Janine again. Mm. Oh, and I yeah. think they'll be mostly okay. Like they're going to survive that. I also, longer term, I've said this plenty of times already in this episode, but I worry about Mark Twello. I wonder if something's mm. going to happen to him. Because he's been
1: set up as such a good guy. I'm worrying about June going after him. She's going to be like, (laughs) what? You let her get to my daughter? That's true. (laughs) Will Serena have to go back to
2: Canada straight away? Once this funeral is over, they need to return to Canada as per the deal. Good question. So, you know, is Serena going to be in custody still? Is she going to be out in the public uh, and available to communicate directly with June I can't wait to see. Does she have the choice? Does she get
0: to choose?
3: Yeah, probably not. But does Gilead try to keep her there? Maybe they try to, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah,
0: I don't know either. Um, she did make the point at the wake slash baby shower that she had a couple of months <laughs> left. So mm. is the finale going to be the birth of the baby? Or they they tend to not make them the final episode, do they? Because the way Nicole came a little earlier than we were all anticipating. <laughs> so, yes, little she's a little way off. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that that's looming. That's a big storyline that um, lies ahead. Yes, there may very well be a birth this season. Hmm. Anyway, there is only one way to find out. Um, <laughs> thank you for listening. We hope that helped. We're off to go and dig up the gun in the front of <laughs> <laughs> June, Luke and Moira's house. <laughs> I don't know that we want June hanging around that, but anywho... Um, so while we wait for episode three to drop, you can go and listen to our Sam Yeager interview. We've got that podcast queued up right next for you to go and listen to. And also don't forget to go and read that interview with Elizabeth Moss that I did. Don't know if I mentioned that, but yeah, that's really there for you as well. So episodes are now dropping weekly, single episodes, and uh, they'll be available to watch on SBS and available to stream at SBS On Demand. And we will have the recaps of each of them ready and waiting for you once you've watched. So thank you to my co-hosts, Sana Kadar, Natalie Handley, and Haiti Island. And thank you for listening. We would love to know what you made of this episode and what you're thinking of the season so far. So reach out to us on Twitter. You can find me at anything but Fifi. Natalie, where can we find you? At Natalie Hambley. Sana, where can we find you? At Sanna underscore Kadar. And Haiti. what about you? At Haiti Island. And don't forget to use the hashtag Eyes on Gilead. That's how we're tracking it all. And while we have you, feel free to leave some feedback and give us a rating on whatever podcast app you're listening to us on. It helps other people find the show. Eyes on Gilead is produced by me, Fiona Williams, and edited and mixed by Jeremy Wilmot. Until next time, don't let the bastards grind you down.
3: You don't own me, I'm not your Must be a stupid frill.